on, somebody. Are you ready for revival in this house? Oh, come on, put your hands together and give God a shout of praise. I want it, I want it, I want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Man, it feels good to be here on a Tuesday night. Thank you, Jesus. As you're making your way back to your seats. I just want to say how thankful I am to be in the house of the Lord. All day I, I've just had this expectancy. Does anybody come tonight not just for another service? Does anybody come tonight not just for another moment in time? But does anybody come for a move of God? A move where we say, you know what, forget what the time is. Forget the hour. I know it's late, but I just need a move of God. For your glory, I will do anything just to see you. To behold you as my king For your glory I will do anything Just to see you To behold Can we just sing that for one moment right here? Sing for your glory do anything just to see you, to behold you as my king. I want to be where you are. I've got to be where you are. I want to be where you are. I've got to be, can you just make that your prayer tonight? Come on, if that's how you feel. I want to be where you are. Said I've got to be where. It doesn't matter what the time is. I want to be where you are. It doesn't matter what's going on afterwards. I've got to be where you are. Said I want to be where you are. I've got to be where you are, Lord, take me to where you are, yeah. I've got to be where you are, said I want to be where you are, I've got to be where you I don't want to 
to try and force anything on you tonight. Only if that's how you feel. Proverbs chapter 30, beginning at verse 11, or 11 going to verse 14. I just want to say what a privilege and an honor it is to stand behind this desk. I don't take it lightly. Pastor Williams, if you're listening, I love you. I know he sends his regards. First Lady, I love you, and I thank you for always praying for me. Thank you for always having my back. We're going to start at Proverbs 30, then we're going to read 1 Peter chapter 2. Proverbs 30 and verse 11, there is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, Woo, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you, everybody say me, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. The help of the Holy Ghost for a few moments. I just, I want to kind of talk to us about this subject, this idea. There is a generation. There is a generation. Can you put your Bibles down and lift your hands just one last time? God, we need you tonight like never before. We need you now more than we did yesterday and the day before. We need you to move in this house. God, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit. God, I pray that you would anoint the ears and the hearts of every saint of God in this house to hear and to obey and do your word, Jesus. Anoint my mind, anoint my lips. Let me hide behind Calvary, oh God. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Verse 11, there is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. If you just take a few moments... You go to Walmart, you go to the toy store, you go wherever, you will see that there is a generation of people, young and old, that do not have respect. If you went back a couple years, 40, 50 years, it would be unheard of to, talk, to call your mom and your dad by their first name. It would be unheard of to call them anything but yes, or to say anything but yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am. And today that's changing rapidly. I just saw a post the other day where they were saying that ma'am and sir is a thing of the old times. And that it's something that doesn't need to be adhered to. Because it puts people in this restrictive state of having to obey the system. It puts people in this position where they, they have to obey someone that is authoritative. 
They have to obey someone that is in authority over them. We're living in a day and time where respect for, for police officers, for, for public figures, for pretty much anybody has just completely gone down the drain, if we're being honest. Even for peers, there are times where you walk outside and, and even if you're on social media or you, you, you go on YouTube or whatever it is, there is just a lack of respect for one another. Verse 12, there is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. Please don't worry, I don't intend to stay this down for too long. We're living in a day and time when you cannot tell anybody that they are doing anything wrong. In their eyes, it's right. In their eyes, it's correct. It's my truth. You can go ahead and live your truth or you can go ahead and live the way you feel like you need to live. But rules and regulations, those are just a thing of the past. Those are just a thing that the oldies used to do. Something that they set up to keep us down. I'm a free spirit. I got an open mind. An open mind is just another way of saying that you'll fall for just about anything. Verse 13, there is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes. And their eyelids are lifted up. We're living in a day and time where people are so consumed with self. We could spend an hour right here. But it, all social media, the only purpose is to lift up self. The entire purpose of the front-facing camera is to take a selfie. The entire purpose of Instagram, Snapchat, pretty much any social media you want to name is to promote self. We're living in a day and age where people's eyelids are lifted up beyond other people's. And so they, 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 they assume and they think that because I, I see myself in this certain way, that everybody else must see me that way. I got 10,000 followers on Instagram, therefore I must be a somebody. I have, the right, I have the right clothes, therefore I must be somebody. Or I have the right job, therefore I must be somebody. I'm involved in the right political uh, activist, whatever, therefore I must be somebody. Let me just throw this out there. This is, this is random, but this has been something that's been on my heart. God did not call us to be involved in politics. To the extent, to the extent even that we can't win a soul because of it. Arguing over who should be in office next, who shouldn't be in office, what, what should happen and what shouldn't happen. Sister Williams, I had to learn a very hard lesson that that does not belong in the house of God. That does not belong in the house of God. I'd rather win a soul than an argument. I'd rather, I'd rather lead somebody to heaven than to the voting booth. I'd rather lead somebody to truth than to a political agenda. Verse 14, there is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. This ties in with the last one. We're living in a generation where people are no longer concerned about others. It's what, what can I get out of it? What, 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 what's going to benefit me in the long run? What's going to set up my kingdom? What's going to set me up for success? What's going to make me somebody in this world? A generation that devours people with their words. Words so hurtful and so sharp that they cut deep 
and to those around them, causing them to eventually just fall from off the earth. We wonder why people just seem to walk out of our lives. We wonder why people are just not there anymore. What are you saying about them? Be careful what you say about people and to people. Because your words have the power of life and death. Now while there is a generation that is living like that. While there is a generation of people, young and old. You don't have to be... 20 years old to be considered part of my generation. I think it's somewhere like 40 or something like that. But there, while there is a generation that is losing their mind, that has no respect, that has no respect for authority, that can't, that can't be in the same room with, with more than one person for too long without having to puff themselves up. While there is a generation that is losing their mind in this present world, there is also a generation that is still here standing for truth. There is still a generation that is still in their right mind. There is still a generation of people. There is still a chosen generation. There is still a royal priesthood. There is still a holy nation and a peculiar people that will show forth his praises in the earth. I'm so sick and tired of seeing and hearing about, about people that are walking away from truth. It's just about every single day that I'm not getting a text or looking on Instagram or social media and I see yet another person has fallen away. It's going to happen. Believe it or not, it's going to happen. There are going to be people that you once called brother. There are going to be people that you once called sister that sat on the same pew as you that went to the same red hot service as you, that went to the same conference as you, heard the same message, felt the same conviction, prayed through just like you did, and yet they will not make it. But then, I, but then Sunday morning rolls around. And I look in that back door, and a flood of young people come running in. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a generation of people that are losing their mind, that want a taste of the world so bad that they're willing to give up everything for it. But there's also a generation of young people that are coming in every single week that want something more than what this world has given them. There is a generation of people... Young and old that are sick and tired of the world. They're sick and tired of what the world has given them. They're sick and tired of the politics. They're sick and tired of religiosity. They're sick and tired of fake people, fake friends. There is a generation that is hungry for truth. There is a generation that is hungry for the things of God. We need to pray over those people. We need to pray over those people that, that have just walked away, that have lost their way. I cry. I weep over these people. People that, people that I looked up to. People that I once called hero. People that I once, I once wanted to be like. If you're not careful, you'll get stuck on that. And you'll continuously keep looking right in front of you. At everything that's been lost. At everything that's been devoured by the enemy. And we'll miss the harvest. 
will miss the people that are coming in the back door every service that will want God. We'll miss the people that are really hungry. It seems so cruel to say, but let bygones be bygones. I'll pray for you. I'll love you from a distance. <laughs> but I'm not walking out those back doors trying to save you when there's people in here that really want to move of God. When there's people in here that come in every service strung out on drugs. When there's people in here that don't know right from wrong, up from down, back from front. When there's people that come in here every week needing God to move. You can go ahead and do what you got to do. But I'm going to be right here. I'm going to be right here in the presence of God. couldn't help but to think of Samuel. Samuel did all he could to hold on to Saul. He did everything he could. He wept over him day and night. He prayed, God, please, please don't let him go. God, please, please don't let them walk out of those doors. God, please don't let them do that. Please change their heart, change their mind. God is a gentleman. He's not going to overstep anybody's will. And neither should you. I said neither should you. We shouldn't be fighting tooth and nail every day, getting into their presence, getting into their atmosphere, involving ourselves in their activities, trying to win them back. Samuel 61, and the Lord said unto Samuel, how long will thou mourn for Saul? How long? Seeing that I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Believe it or not, you can invite a million people into this house and a million people can get baptized and receive the Holy Ghost, but it's God who accepts them. You can't get, you can't force them into heaven. You can't force them into the will of God. It's God that has to do. He said, fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Can I say it like this? For I have provided me a king among that generation. Get your eyes off that. Get your eyes off what was lost. Get your eyes off those that... Pray for them. Don't get me wrong. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Pray for them day and night. You should, you should, you should every once in a while. Well, more than that, you should feel a, a deep, a deep burden for them. Because that's what we're called to do. We're called to win the lost. But not at the expense of your soul or your family's soul. Not at the expense of, of the perfect will of God for your life. 1 Samuel 16, 13, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. As soon as Samuel anointed David, it was almost as if the spirit of the Lord was just hovering over David all that time. 
As soon as, as soon as Saul made up his mind, David, God said, all right, I'm on to the next. Could you imagine what would happen if Samuel was still caught up with Saul? Could you imagine if, Saul, if Samuel had waited any longer? Could you imagine what would have happened to David? I had to learn that lesson a long time ago. A very hard lesson. That sometimes your closest friends, sometimes the people you love the most are going to be the ones that'll, that'll hurt you the greatest. Be the ones that you, you poured out. Ones that you let stay at your house. Ones that you let eat at your table with your kids. In Psalm 84, I believe it's verse 10, David writes, I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. The literal translation would be, I would rather stand in the threshold in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. The job of a doorkeeper was to guard or defend the entrance of the house of God. And the image that I get in my mind is a young man, David, standing in the, in the threshold of the door. He's looking at who's coming through. He's looking at who's going out. The question isn't, will there be a generation that will stand up for truth? And love the things of God. The question is, will you be in that generation? The question is, the question is, is will you stand in the threshold of the house of God and say, no, 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 no. I can't let that into my youth group. I can't let gossip into my youth group. Not in this generation. And not in this house. No, 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 no. You see it from afar. No, I can't let lust in. I can't let that into my youth group. We've got too great a calling on our lives to let that type of stuff in. Will you be a part of the generation that in spite of what everybody else is doing, in spite of what everybody else says or where everybody else may go, will you be a part of that generation that'll say, I'll stand up for truth? Will you be the one that 10 years, 15 years down the road, that person comes crawling back and they see Ganael still at the altar? Will you be the one we're 10, 20 years down the road. People will look back and will say, it was Brother Matthew that kept that out. What would you do to preserve the glory of God? What lengths are you going to go to in this generation 
to keep the house of God holy. To, he, to keep the house of God sanctified. What are you willing to give up? If God came down right now and said, hey, I need you to go work at the church full time for free. Would you do it? What if God told you, hey, I need you at the church from 2 to 4 every day praying? Would you do it? What would you do to preserve the glory of God? What would you do? For your glory, I will do anything just to see To behold, I'm not trying to be emotional tonight. I really am. This altar is open for those that really want, that really want to be a part of that generation. Judah, what are you willing to give up? Preston, what are you willing to give up to preserve? The glory of God, I can't help but to think back to past generations. And the blood, sweat, and tears that were poured out for this gospel message. I can't help but to think back in my history book when I look at all of the, when I look at all of the apostolic preachers that were burned at the stake. All of them that were thrown in hot oil, that were, that were whipped, that were beaten and, and, and fed to lions. I can't help but to think back. And to think that I can't stop thinking about myself. And to think that I'm so consumed with me. And to think that I'm so consumed with my career. I'm so consumed with this world. I'm so consumed with possessions. I'm so consumed with this life. Will you be in that generation? Will you be in that generation? I'm not just talking to young people. I'm talking to the adults too. For your glory, I will do anything just to see you, to behold you as my king. For your glory, I will do it. God, I'll give up whoever it is. God, I'll get off social media. God, I'll fast an extra day. God, I'll pray an extra hour. God, I'll let go of some things. God, I'll do some things that I've been neglecting for a while. I just want to be in that number. I just want your glory. I just want your presence, God. To behold you as mine. For your glory. I will do anything.
There's too much at stake. There's too much at stake. Quit worrying about what was lost. Quit worrying about who's not here. Go find David. Go find David. For your glory, I will do anything just to see you, to behold you and for your glory, I will do. to see you, to behold you as, come on somebody, now's a good time to recommit yourself, now's a good time to refocus, now's a good time to realign with what's important, now's a good time to cut off those friendships, now's a good time Now's a good time to grab one of these babies. Now's a good time to get a hold of the harvest. Now's a good time to sow some seed. Now's a good time to deny your flesh. To behold you as mine for your glory. I will do anything just to see. 